This episode's brought to you by Notorious Fire Company. Firefighter owned and operated Notorious Fire Company manufactures and creates quirky and unique items for the fire service. Whether it's your stainless steel water bottles, tumblers, four-in-one koozies, you can decorate your emotional support water bottle with more than 100 different designs they offer so very much. From apparel to swag to stickers, they got you covered. Check them out at NotoriousFire.com. That's N-O-T-O-R-I-O-U-S, NotoriousFire.com. And check them out on social media, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at NotoriousFire. And this month with the podcast, if you use coupon code Fire Radio June 2023, that is Fire Radio June 2023, you'll get free shipping on all orders within the U.S. So check them out, NotoriousFire.com. Lenny and the crew, they're making great stuff. And I have to tell you, with the summer upon us, the sticker packs are out of control. You got everything from Star Wars to pinups and everything in between. Slap them on your beer fridges, your coolers, and your tumblers and celebrate the summer in style with Notorious Fire. A good supporter and longtime friend. We're happy to have him on the podcast with us. Check him out, NotoriousFire.com and coupon code FIREADIOJUNE2023 for free shipping all across the U.S. Hey, everybody. Jeremy, National Fire Radio. Back at it today. I'm in uh, the home studio. It's something new that I'm going to be doing. I'm going to be trying to capture the story and content from guys from all over the country in short, like, 30-minute conversations. And today is the first one I'm doing, um, and I'm excited to do it. I got RJ from Capital Fire Training. Uh, we hooked up on uh, social media, Instagram, uh, in, uh, particularly, and uh, they have a post, or I'm sorry, a page where they put out uh, posts and educational snippets and training minutes and things like that. So, RJ, welcome, man. Thanks for joining me. What's going on, bro? Thanks for having me, man. It's a real pleasure. It's uh, we've been trying to connect for uh, I don't know a couple months now. No. Yeah, 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 and and we keep we keep passing each other or missing each other going to and from different conferences or expos or shows or whatever we keep we keep we always keep missing each other you're coming up the highway i'm going past you on the other side of the highway bro. it's like ships in the night my man ships in the <laughs> night so i love we got it work. We, well we got work to get done we gotta get it done you know and that's the that's the gig man like i was uh so quick rewind to last week uh columbus ohio we were out there for firehouse expo i know you and your crew were there and we'll get to that yeah. in one second but you know, you and I are texting back and forth. Hey, man, where are you? Let's get together. Let's do a pop. Let's have a conversation. And uh, we've been trying to do this how many times now? And then, uh, of course, it, it doesn't happen. We left town early uh, because, frankly, for me, time is everything. Um, and I don't have a ton of it. And so yeah. when I can bounce a little early from an event or something like that or a conference, as much as it kills me because I'd love to stick around and, and you know, certainly meet up with different guys and and make relationships, you know, happen with different guys and friendships and so on. Um, I got to bounce, and uh, I bounced, and I missed you. You, you show me a fireman who got time, because I need to sit down and figure out what the secret is. You know, <laughs> so, man, that's, all right, let's go down this wormhole. Before we even get to, like, Capital Fire and so on, man, we all bitch about time, right? And then I was I was catching up with somebody the other day, and, and I did the cliche statement of, yeah, man, just, you know, super busy, wish I had more time. And then I start thinking about it, and I thought about it, and I said, you know what? I say that all the time to people, but I still find time to do whatever I want, right? So it's yeah. like you prioritize what's important, right? And so as much as we complain about time, we always find time to do what we want, right? 
Yeah. And, and, and I'll tell you this, man. I, um, if I were to uh, announce one of my own flaws, I suck at that for a very, very long time. Hell yeah, man. Talk about and, it, because I do too. And I think what uh, I'm kind of embarrassed to say it a little bit, but what actually uh, got me straight was last year. Last year is when I actually figured out about the whole time thing. Uh, my wife was diagnosed with uh, triple negative breast cancer. And oh, man. Uh, when that happened, uh, my whole world kind of just came to a screeching halt. Perspective, and man. Perspective. Every, everything that I was doing was literally for uh, making sure she got to her appointments and making sure we did this, make sure we did that, not missing any information that was given, making sure I took notes, making sure I was at appointments. And because, you know, I was very, very positive about the whole thing, but the reality is cancer, right? So there's always a good chance that something could go completely sideways or unexpected. And then that's when I realized, like, you know what, man? Like, time is very precious. And because of that, um, you know, I, I started focusing more on uh, time with my wife, time with my kids, family time, and, and then the fire department. And you know what I realized, man? My wife came out of everything good. She beat cancer. She did good. And guess what? Everything's still here. The fire department's still there. The same people are still there. So you know what? Like, I didn't miss anything. You know what I mean? Uh, I totally get it. And, you know, like I said, right, perspective. I mean, that all it takes is one of those moments in life where you, all of a sudden you, you the brakes hit, right? And you go, wait a minute. Yeah. Like, we got to rewind here and really look at what's important, man. So, hey, man. And it, and it was only a year ago I learned that, man. And so, I, I'm, you know, listen, I hope everybody's doing well. I hope, uh, you know, and yeah. so on. But, uh, God, man, we're, she's, thank you for sharing that. That's powerful. Um, and I, it should be talked about, you know, we're so wrapped up in life that, like, at some points, man, we got to, like, just back it down, slow it down, figure out what's important, prioritize what we want to do and what's important to us and the people around us. And then we, and then we do everything else, right? So I get it. I love it. Well, listen, so we passed ships in the night out in Columbus and, uh, you know, time was precious and I, I ran out of it. Um, and so I had to get out of there, but I would have loved to have just caught up for a minute, but, uh, I saw pictures of you walking around. I saw some content out there, but talk to me about capital fire training. You guys now are doing, uh, the forceful entry track at the firehouse expo. No, not now, not now. Um, so a little bit about us. We started capital fire training in 2009. Um, we've been on the circus teaching since, uh, August of 2009. Okay. Uh, we've, 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 we've been a core group of guys. We all started, uh, teaching together. We were traveling, teaching and just a bunch of guys from the East coast, guys from Maryland, DC, uh, Baltimore, New York city, and just a bunch of friends, man. And we just having a good time traveling and teaching. And, and, you know, honestly, a lot of people hadn't really heard about us until recently, a couple years ago, and mainly because we were too, we were too focused on teaching and we weren't good at social media. Okay. And I'll be honest with you, we sucked at social media. Um, and up until a couple of years ago, we realized like, Hey man, the fire service is changing, man. People are learning from social media. I know there's a lot of people who hate social media, but you know, the, the fire service is learning from social media, myself included. So, you know, we decided, hey, man, we got to be better about teaching, not only in the streets, but teaching people who are getting their content via phones, via uh, computers. So we uh, had a real big push in the last, I would say, three, four years of being better about our content on social media. And so 
um, you know, we have been really highlighting uh, the the fire service via social media because that's that's where everybody's getting their content. Um, well, so, yeah, so, uh, yeah, hold on. So, okay, what a what a pivotal moment in this conversation right now, right? Because that <laughs> no, I mean, because listen, man, that's what this is. This is the world I live in, and. It is incredible to hear guys that have a passion for training and put together a training culture and a company that wants to go out there and provide, you know, uh, you know, educational pieces on on doing this job better, promoting the betterment of this job. And you come to realize that the only or the the way you need to deliver that message is through today's means of communication. Yeah, it's yeah. it's huge because so many people get wrapped up in that in their own personal feelings or perspective of, uh, you know, uh, criminalizing, if you will, social media and, and always looking at the downside of it, whereas I'm always looking at the upside. There's downside in anything in life. There's downside outside of social media. There's downside in, in anything you do, right? But, man, we got to look at the upside because, like, social media and the fire service, there is incredible stuff being delivered right now, and that's where we're educating, you know, people today, not even the next generation, but the generation at hand and the generation that even was before us, they're on social media now too. And that's where they're digesting the information and content. So for you guys to recognize that and then make a concentrated push on that's fantastic. It took us a while. It took us a while, but it's not easy. And it's not because you know, if you, if you post the wrong thing, man, and internet's going to rip you apart. Yeah, but they're going to do that. Listen, man, it's just an extension of reality. Like, if you were in a firehouse and you taught something and it went awry or you taught something on a national stage, one of your guys pulled out a trick out of his back pocket, people will rip it apart. It doesn't matter. It's just social media magnifies it. But, listen, there's always going to be shit talkers. So, like, it's just a fact of life. Yeah, we don't don't worry about that. That's right. uh, I think that we have uh, what we feel is is good uh, good content that we – have kept to our, ourselves or not necessarily publicized because we were teaching people, you know, when, when we do the one-on-one hands-on classes and whatnot. But I think that, you know, everything that we do, and, and, and I'll talk about our programs, but everything we do, everything we preach, everything we talk about is tried and true street stuff. So if you sit through one of our classes, if anybody who has sat through one of our classes, they see our, pre- our presentation, our presentation is all pictures and videos of helmet cam footage or body cam footage of of us doing this stuff so you know it's legit you know what i mean so we don't talk beyond our, our knowledge or we don't talk beyond what uh you know what we're capable of but everybody everybody in the capital group man is is, is has been there and, and we've actually just learned how to express it better that's all i love that i love that so what do you got cooking what do you guys give me some uh give me some rundowns on the fortes and specialties that you guys like to get mixed up with um, so <clears throat> I'm gonna be honest with you, Jeremy. Um, we do basic stuff. Nice. Um, we do basic stuff, and I think that's probably the reason why we we've managed to be around for 13 years. It's the foundation um, of what we're built on, man. You know, we can't. And, you, and, go ahead. And, and you are 100% right, man. The 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 basic stuff is the foundation, right? And at the end of the day, um, this is just me. This is just RJ talking. I don't think that there's anything that we do in American fire service that isn't basic aside from uh, bailing out of a window or firefighter survival. And I tell, I tell people this all the time. Everything that we do on the fire ground, minus bailing out of a window or firefighter survival, you get in a fire one or a fire two class. Everything, right? You, they teach you in fire one and fire two how to force a door. They teach you in fire one and fire two how to throw ladders, how to stretch a line. They teach you how to, how to cut a roof. Everything that we do on the fire ground 
minus bailing out of the window, you get in fire one and fire two. Now, the things that make those basic skills challenging are the variables that we throw at it, right? So, hey, now instead of throwing this ladder to um, to this window, you got a car in front of, parked on the street. Now you got to navigate a car, or you know this this door has has tight walls on the side of it, or or you know this hose stretch that you got to make. You got to you know go up two different flights, a landing, and another two more flights. So all the variables that we add to the basic skills are what makes the skill more challenging or what we would call in the fire service advanced. But the skill, the original skill itself, there's nothing that we're doing that's, that's not basic. It's just a variable to it, you know? And that's what we've been doing for the last 13 years. We teach basic skills. And when, and when somebody realizes that, hey, man, I've done like pretty much all the variables that you could possibly do, right? You can only do but so many things with a hose line. And once you, you feel like you've mastered it, guess what? There's somebody else who just come up in the service now who needs to learn the basic skills again. So it's going to always be evolving. You know what I mean? I, I love it. I think, too, we overcomplicate everything, right? Like when you talk about basics, I think of three principles. And, and frankly, I think you just put a fourth on the table for me now that I haven't really categorized in as basic training. And I, I you think about extinguishment, right? You think about ventilation and search. Those are your three main tasks because everything else I think, and I'm just racking my brain right now because I'm sure somebody's going to disagree with me, but that's okay. Cause I love disagreement. And I love conversation, but you know, fire attack extinguishment, right? There's one search two, ventilation three. Those are your three primary functions on a fire ground. And everything else falls under one of those categories in my world. Right. But RJ, you brought up a good point, man. Firefighter safety and survival and, you know, taking care of our own. I think, that that might be the number four there, right? Because we talk about search. Search is for victims, for residents, for for people that were there to protect and serve. We got to talk about our own too, though. So maybe you just you just got my brain. I wrote that down, brother. You got my brain racked now. But I always, you know, the three principles of firefighting. We need to make it four, and I think it's one protecting. The fourth is protecting our own. It's huge, man. And, yeah. And, and I don't know. I don't know what what other states do, but I, I know here in Maryland it's a, it's its own class. So when uh, you take programs here in the state of Maryland, when you uh, take you take fire one, fire two, all of that stuff, the extinguishment, the vent, the search, all of that is built into the fire one and the fire two programs as a basic firefighter. But when you get to the point of firefighter safety and survival, saving your own, that's its own class. That's not taught to you in the fire one, fire two curriculum. And it needs to be. And it needs to be. It, it needs, needs to be. be. And, and, and you know what? We just learned that um, when our report came out of our line of duty death here um, in, in Frederick, Maryland. Yeah. It was, something, it was something that the investigative committee picked up on, not just Frederick-wide, but statewide. It's a state thing. Yeah. Know? Yeah. Thing. You know, you know, RJ, something I think about, and, and I, I see all these different RIP programs. There's companies out there that teach it religiously there are firehouses that that are teaching it they're doing firefighter down cpr now like all these great things all these great strides in in um you know taking care of our own protecting our own removal of our own right survivability of our own all those things the one thing that i struggle with that i don't hear enough of and i'd love to get your take on it is we don't teach our guys to fight like hell because your life depends on it I almost feel like the training we teach is after you get in trouble, right? And after you get in trouble, we're going to come get you. But in fact, 
you are the first line of defense of getting yourself to a safe space and getting out if you can. We need to teach our guys that they need to fight like freaking hell to get out of the situation they're in and hope that the guys are coming quickly to find them and get them, no? Bro, let me tell you something, man. You are 100% spot on. And the good thing is I'm glad you asked me to come on, on your show and talk because uh, I, I I want to preach that. And I want to get the word out. So talk about more, it. And, and because you got more followers than me, they'll listen to you. So, <laughs> listen, so here, let's, let's, they, don't let's listen, they don't listen for me. They listen for guys <laughs> like you. So share your knowledge, man. Tell me what your thoughts are on what I just said. So here's the deal, man. Um, first and foremost, let's, let's, go back to, let's go back to the beginning, right? We, as a fire service, do a horrible job talking about the successful outcomes of these fire grounds, yes. right? So, so we always talk about, and, and honestly, we, we learn from the history, right? The line of duty deaths, we learn from them, and, and, and that's how we, we've been able to discover these different training scenarios, these different drills, these different props that we can build to, to, to replicate that, that situation. But there's so many more um, successful, like not too long ago in Queens, New York, guys bailed out of a window, their feet touched the ground, and they, they, they picked up their ropes and kept it moving. That's Well, so, after his line burned through, too. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there's so many successful ones, and we should be using those successful ones to talk about um, while in our teaching programs. And, and we do in Capital, and, and, I, and honestly, I can say at my job at, my, at work, we, we talk about the successful ones because, you know, sometimes young minds need to hear not the negative outcome of it, but some sometimes the positive ones. What what ones happened that actually you know had a positive outcome? So you know it's it, it can work for you if it needs to, you know. But um, you know one of the biggest things is I worked on uh, a committee on the job with uh, five other guys, great great guys, a lot of experience, um, and we developed a <clears throat> RIP program in our department. And, you know, one of the things that we preach, a lot, all of us are instructors on the job. One of the things that we preach when we teach is the reality is we, when we're setting up a drill, we are notorious for taking. I say, Jeremy, come over here. Lay on the, lay on the ground, the man. Lay on the ground. Yeah. We're going to come get you. Lay so over here. You guys are going to come get you. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and so you, you essentially lay there. But the reality is nobody ever lays there, right? We, we, we know once you hit that basement floor or once you hit that first floor, you're going to fight like hell to get out. No, I, I hope. I hope. We got to teach that. Yeah. And we, we, we teach that. You but do. You, know, of, you do. The, we got to get do. everyone to get on board with this message. We do, and that's why I'm glad you asked me to come on your show because hopefully people who are listening to this, they, they do that. I'm going to tell you something, man. Uh, this was not my idea. One of the guys on the job uh, I work with came up with this concept. And we and we uh, slowly started implementing it into our our procedures at work. We uh, are we're in the process of rolling it out right now, but it's going to be one of our things. When you call a May Day on our job, when you call a May Day, you set your you set yourself up to go unconscious while you're conscious, and then you fight like hell to find your way out. So what would happen is right. One of the things we realize in the in the fire service, one of the things that comes out in every report. Is and and us us included, we spend a lot of time teaching guys how to convert SCBAs to to harnesses, right? And uh, you talk to like my buddy Eric Allen and, and Chief Horse, sure. those guys, those guys from Fast Man, they got a hell of a program and they got a, a hell of a way to remove people. And and you and you you look at their program, and you look at what Eric developed, 
it's a down and dirty, fast removal. Let's get this person out now. Yep. We're not spending time with buckles. We're not spending time with waist straps. We're not spending time with all this stuff. We want to get this person out now. And uh, because Eric has been a good uh, mentor to me, he's taught me a lot of things. Uh, and, and Chief uh, Horace has been, you know, they taught me a lot of things. Rock stars. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. We started working with those guys yep. uh, a couple years ago. We, I took that concept back to work. We talked about it. And so what we developed was, you know what? You're not going to just uh, sit there and spend the time to do all this hooking up, right? So one of the things that we teach our guys in our programs are, one, when you call a mayday, you, uh, you, you set yourself up to go unconscious while you're conscious. But in the meantime, you scramble. You try to find a window. You try to find a door. You try to find any means you can to get out. But should you go unconscious, right? Now when the firefighters come to get you, that's one less thing they got to do. They don't have to spend the time to package you and do all this stuff. They can grab you and go, and you're already hooked up. You know, unfortunately, we would hope that none of, none, none of that ever has to get used. But the reality is that, you know, it can happen to any one of us any day. So yeah, we, we got to be ready for it, you know? What do we do? We, we try to instill the correct amount of training and knowledge so that we can endorse our people on the fire ground to take initiative when they need to take initiative. We got to get away from a culture where we're asking for permission to do certain tasks on the fire ground. And because we got to believe that our people are trained and experienced enough through training and through practicality, you know, going to real fires and so on, that they're able to make decisions on the fly. And, you know, part of that comes down to when you get jammed up on the fire ground, you got to know, right? We have to tell you that you are the number one defense to get yourself out of that situation. And I'm not saying, you know, and, and that comes down to understanding the situation you're in. We talk about it all the time about guys are afraid to call maydays. You know, we want maydays called earlier, not later. I get all that, right? But outside of that conversation is if you get jammed up, you know, it's, it's not the time to sit down like your training taught you to sit on the floor and wait for somebody to come get you after you call your mayday. You need to fight to get yourself in a, in a, in a better position. Or, and frankly, if you're confined and not trapped, right, there's so many variables in this conversation. I'm sure everybody's going to have a, an idea or something they want to share on this, right? But I'm talking about somebody that's lost or disoriented, right, things like that. If you're not in immediate danger, then maybe the, maybe the smart play is to sit tight if you know where you are, and, and they will come if you have good air, you know, and so on, and you can control your breathing, things like that. You know, that's a little bit different, but I'm talking about where you get jammed up, hung up. You know, you got to fight, man. You got to fight like hell to save your own life. Yeah. And, 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 and you, you were 100% right about that. You know, at the end of the day, aside, aside from the air situation, you know, <clears throat> until somebody comes to get you, it's, it's, it's you against the world, man. You got that right. And, 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 you know, that's, that's where it's, it's nice if you're set up right, right? If you got, if you got a knife in your pocket, you got a knife on your, on your radio strap or a knife on your light. You know, you got cable cutters. You got the right things to help you get yourself out of the jam. You know, that's that's the best thing you can do to uh, to to get yourself out of that situation. You know, so, you know what else I got, RJ? That's getting me out of that situation. I got four kids and a wife. That's what's getting me out of that. 
right? Absolutely. Like that's going through your brain, right? And as soon as that enters your brain, that should be everything you need and more to get your, try to get yourself out of there. Now, listen, I've never been jammed up like that. And I'm not, this is, this conversation is not for people to, to look at that and say, oh, you've never been there. You never, I, I get all that, man. I'm just saying that we need to set our people up for success. We talk about training. Let's talk about survival training and talk and, and, and endorse and give our people the, uh, the information they need and the training they need to get out of those situations. And part of that is the fight. Yep, absolutely. Beautiful. Absolutely. So what else, man? Talk to me. So so Capital Fire, right? What else you got yeah. cooking? What do you guys like to get mixed up with? So uh, we've been uh, we've been really busy uh, with, with our force prevention program, which has been pretty cool. You know, um, we just came back from uh, Columbus with the – uh, doing a force prevention program. That's cool. Uh, yeah, we uh, five years. This is our fifth year doing the um, down and dirty urban force prevention program with Firehouse uh, Expo. Um, we uh, we uh, we we kind of inherited the program a little bit uh, after Captain Morris retired. You know, the cool thing about um, teaching the Firehouse Expo and the and the crew from uh, uh, Firehouse Pete Matthews and all those guys. Um, a lot of us instructors from Capital we were all younger guys taking uh, Firehouse Expo classes. I was 19 cool. years old. I was 19 years old, and I was taking Force Munchie from Captain Morris. Is that and back Captain in the Morris, Baltimore days? Yep, back yeah. in the Baltimore days, yep. Yeah. So, you know, Captain Morris is super knowledgeable. He's, you know, he's the best best out there with it, you know? He's, one, so, of my, he's one of my favorite people. <laughs> yeah, man. So, as a young guy learning Force Munchie from him and staying on it and just consistently – Staying up with the with the tips, staying up with the tricks, staying up with the with the trade, right? Because there's always new locks evolving. There's always new things that people are coming up with on the fly to keep us out, you know. And so, uh, being able to stay up on that, and then finally given the chance uh, by the crews from Firehouse Expo to, to take uh, to deliver the program and to be able to consistently deliver the program, man, it's it's been a huge, huge, huge honor to uh, be able to follow Captain Morris uh, with a bunch of great guys who. Some even work for Captain Morris, you know what I mean? Right so, on. Uh, to be able to take that program and, and make it our own and, and deliver some of our own street knowledge has been humbling, man. So I we just it. came back from Columbus doing that. Um, we got a couple of classes coming up that we're going to be doing. We're in West Virginia. Uh, we're going to be in Providence at the uh, Providence Safety and Survival Conference up there. Um, and then uh, we got some stuff in, uh, in Maryland, here in Maryland. And, Good. And uh, we should be done for the year. I love that, man. I mean, it's all about the hustle. And, uh, you know, I've gotten to hang with a lot of different training groups over the past few years, and I've gotten to know so many guys. And and there are just unlimited amount of guys that just want to share in their passion and their love for the job, you know, pass on one or two things. But, you know, ultimately, if we can can all learn from each other and we all talk about the job and do some hands-on with each other, the job only gets better, right? And that's that's all. That's our life's mission, man, is to not only make ourselves better, but make other people better. And, and you know, uh, Jeremy, I'll tell you straight up, we start, not just me, but everybody who teaches for Capital, we start every class with introductions because it's important for me to know who you are, know where you come from, right, and, and to meet you because we now become a family for the next eight hours. And, and, and honestly, a lot of these these relationships extend after the class. But along with introductions, right, we all tell every student, listen, man, because I'm standing in front of you, that doesn't make me better than you. I'm a student of the game just like you're a student of the I game. I love it. You know, we, 
we learn from you guys just as much as you learn from us. And if you have something that you've seen on the job, share it with us because that's how we all get better, right? And if everybody's not teaching anybody, then then the service is essentially going to suck, right? But if everybody's sharing sharing knowledge with each other, man, now instead of having two ways to force it through, I got eight. And you know what? At this point in time, it's whatever I'm feeling for that moment. I'm gonna pull one of the one of the plays out of the playbook, and we're gonna execute it. You know? Yeah, it's cool. I like that a lot. I like that a lot. So listen, brother, something that's on my mind. Well, you know what? Before I even ask you, like, the, the outgoing question here, right? Because, you know, I, I, I'm going to hit every person I talk to on these short, on these short pieces, uh, these short segments I'm doing. I'm going to hit them with, like, a question at the end, and then I'm, I'm hoping to get some viewer interaction down the road as we post this to see what people's thoughts are. Let me ask you this. I just want to circle back to the social media thing, right? Because, you know, you guys, uh, listen, it, 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 social media does not come easy. And uh, you guys have found value in being able to um, share your experiences, your training techniques, and, and who you guys are through those channels. What does that do for you? Like when you, when you sit and, and scroll through social media, are you finding like value within and, and are, you died, are you seeing some really good stuff coming out? Or is it a lot of just, uh, you know, mediocre stuff and, and so on? I'm just curious, like, what your take is. Because I live in this world, so, I mean, I, I deal with it all day long. But I'm just curious what your take is. So, everything is valuable, man. Everything. Right? Even, e- even even the thing that you don't think is, is valuable is valuable. Let me, let, me, let me tell you one that we shared, right? So, we did a class. I don't remember where we were at, but we did a class. And uh, somebody, we were talking about door chalks. And uh, one of the guys on the crew, he likes making door chalks for every student. So he, before the class starts, he'll make a jig and he'll cut, you know, a shitload of door chalks. Sure. Every, student, every student gets two door chalks. One guy from the class said, you know, every time I, I don't like using wooden door chalks because every time I use them, they break. And one of the guys from my crew said, he said, are you cutting them right? And he said, I didn't realize there's a good way to cut door chalks. We did a post. I Jim, saw it. I know post. it. I Go ahead. I Listen, man, I know exactly where you're going with this. Go ahead. We we did a post on how to properly cut door chalk. And honestly, that is something for us that is stupid simple, something that we, you know, we've been doing for years. We knew that. But there was that post went viral, blew up because some people didn't know that. And honestly, you know, something as simple as door chalks, you know, for somebody who 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 is a carpenter, that's that's normal to them. But somebody who's not, that's like, oh, wow, I never knew that. My man, I never piece. even gave it any thought. I'll be honest yeah. with you, right? Like, you grab, <laughs> I go to the bucket in the back of the firehouse, I grab a wood shock and throw one in my pocket, maybe one <laughs> of my, I don't like to carry stuff with my helmet, but, you know, yeah. I got one in my pocket, and I never have given that two thoughts, right? Yep. More than just throwing it in the jam or, or using it to keep a door propped, right? And then, yep. and then I saw that post. That post is a while ago, too, but it stuck with yeah. me. And I was like, son of a bitch. I go, this is this is something I've never even thought of. But it's things like that, like the value. You know, you guys think like, oh, we're going to show a new technique and forcing a door or cutting a roof or whatever, right? And it's the simple things like cutting a wood chalk correctly makes such an impact because those are those little things that, frankly, like never knew it. And, and it's just it's value. And what you did with that simple post was yep. share something that is so commonplace for you guys, but for somebody like me, never even thought about it, and now I will. And, and you know what the, the cool thing about the social media aspect of it, right? Yeah. If, if, if Jeremy was a carpenter, and, and that was something that you saw, and you, read, you saw the picture, and you read the first five sentences, and that's something you knew, you know what you can do? 
you can scroll to the next one and see what else somebody else is sharing. You know I what I mean? Love it. Yeah. So, so like it, it, it has its place, right? So sometimes I, I do the same thing too, right? I see some somebody post something, I'm like, oh wow, man, I never even thought about that. That's that's pretty cool. And you know what? I scroll to the something else. I'm like, man, I, that's pretty cool. But you know, I didn't really take anything from that. I, I kind of already knew that. I scroll to the next one, but somebody else might have stopped at it and been like, you know what, man? I just took something away from that. That's that's pretty crazy. That's that's cool. And so at the end of the day, if everybody is is throwing their stuff in this wheel, right? The wheel spins and where it stops, you 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 can pull from it, you can take from it, or you can keep the wheel spinning and somebody else might pull from it. You know what I mean? I love it. It's a good way to go through life, brother. That's uh sure. that's really a good way to go through life. And I, I love your outlook on that. That's fantastic. So let me ask you this, right? We're gonna wrap, but I wanna ask you this. What topic right now is important to you? What's happening in the fire service? Is there anything or your hot button issue right now? Something that's pissing you off? Something that you love? Something that you dove down into a wormhole and you're like, man, I can't get enough of this. I've been reading up on it. I've been watching video. Like, what is it right now with you? Is there anything? And it could be any. Listen, man, it could be making BLTs when you get back from that 2 a.m. run. Like, I don't give a shit what it is. What's firing you up or what's pissing you off right now? Um. I can't honestly say anything. Come on, there's got to be something. I don't I, care. I don't care if it's going down to the local ice cream shop with your guys. I don't. I don't care. Like what? What are you thinking about? So let me tell you, man. I I am one of those types of guys, man. When I see a problem, I don't bitch about it. I figure out a solution for it. Talk right? about it. Now I could spend all day coming up with all these different solutions, right? Like how but, to cut a woodchuck. Yeah, go ahead. How to cut a woodchuck, right? <laughs> but like. Here's the thing, man. Like, bitching, bitching ain't gonna get us nowhere, right? My, I, I had a captain. He was a marine. His biggest thing is don't come, don't come to me with a problem. Come to me with the solution, and then he, let me hear the problem. And 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 because of him, I've always been from then on. Like, you know what, man? There's no problems. Let's let's come. Let's have the solutions for the problem. But I'll tell you one thing that I think is a global issue that we deal with in the fire service. But I don't look at it as a problem. I just look at it as we got to come up with solutions for this, right? We have gotten to the point where sometimes the togetherness that we always used to have is kind of starting to get, you know, starting to come separated from it. And, um, you know, I try to not look at it as a problem, but look at it as what are the solutions for this? How do we bring how do we bring guys and girls back together again, right? And I, I try to do these things where we are at these shows and these expos, these conferences, and going, even though I'm tired, right? We, me and the guys, we spend all day building props. We spend all day teaching. Going to the after parties or going to the, the social gatherings and, and just talking and, and just bringing guys together and just teaching people how to, how to navigate the system, to me, that's the solution. And I think that if everybody continues to do that right you you keep doing it i keep doing it all these other guys traveling the circus keep doing that if everybody keeps going to these events because people are coming to these events and they're listening to us they're listening to us yep if we keep sharing how we continue to be together and how we keep working together and how we train together and how we do things outside of the firehouse together right it no longer becomes a problem anymore. We figured out the solution for the problem. Does that make sense? A hundred percent. One hundred percent. I love that. So I guarantee if you would have asked a bunch of people if that was a problem, I bet you everybody would say, yeah, that's a problem. You know, the fire service isn't really as together as it used to be back in the day, right? But you ask people what's the solution, 
right? Because you told me what the problem is. Now, what's the solution, right? Well, the solution is, you know, everybody's going to have their own answer for the solution. But if you're not executing the solution, then it just continues to be a fucking problem. You know what I mean? Amen. And, and frankly, at the end of the day, man, it all comes down to the individual and accountability of it. And, you know, if you're, if you're going to sit, I, brother, I love where you just took that because you're going to sit and bitch, but you're not going to offer a solution or put in the blood, sweat, and tears to make a change or to live to change your lifestyle or way of thinking to better the situation. It. I don't want to hear it. Don't want to hear it. <laughs> don't want to hear it. So that's fantastic, man. Well, listen, RJ, thank you for joining me for this quick uh, segment today, man. It was an absolute Pleasure to get to know you a little bit and uh, to hear about Capital Fire Training. Uh, do me a favor, before we sign off, just uh, give everybody where they can find you. If they got any questions, they want to reach out to you guys, where they can find information on Capital Fire Training. What, go ahead. Give me your stuff. Hey, man, I, uh, I just want to say thanks for having me, and I appreciate uh, you uh, making a little bit of time for me. It's been pretty cool, and I'm, I'm glad we finally got a chance to actually connect, and, uh, and, and, and hopefully we'll do more of these. This is fun, man. I love it. Hell yeah, man. Um, We're going to do a ton of this, and we'll have you back again, and, uh, and so on. And I'm looking for uh, the one day where we'll be able to get together and uh, you know, tell some stories face-to-face. Yeah, absolutely. And if uh, anybody's looking for us, uh, we have a website, capital, www.capitalfiretraining.com, and uh, we have Instagram and Facebook. Um, and uh, also, we are the, uh, the group that's responsible for the uh, infamous I Love Jobs button. Oh, that's right. Holy shit. I forgot all about that. Yes, I have mine. I'm rocking it on my lid, brother. Thank you you for sending me one. That was awesome. I love them. I've been seeing them pop up. Hey, real quick. Can I tell a story about that? Yes, do it, please. All right. So um, we started the I Love Jobs button um, back when the pandemic first hit. And uh, what happened was we noticed a bunch. We just noticed a bunch of just guys, you know, just shitty attitudes or they weren't running the calls because the pandemic hit, so people weren't on the street as much as they they used to. But, you know, one thing we noticed that any anytime there was a fire, people, when you look at a group picture or whatever, people people were still smiling, man, and that's that's what, what made firemen happy. Oh, I love it. So we uh, we started this little – it was a little, a little campaign, and I personally uh, was uh, just happy that people loved jobs. So I uh, I went online, I made, made some buttons, and uh, what I was doing, I was giving them to everybody. And I was just giving people buttons. You love the job, man. If you love going to jobs, you love this job, man. Put this button. Because back in the day, you know, that was the, that was the way the display. That was your billboard. A button on your helmet was your billboard. And, you know, you look at so many old pictures from guys on a the job. They had a helmet, a salty helmet with, with a band and, and, and whatever their, their little billboard was, you know. And um, so I said, you know what, man, we got we got to get these buttons out. And we started getting and between me and my wife and my kids, we were running to the post office. I love it. I love it. Every couple of days, mailing these buttons off to people, and then finally. So know, let me let me tell you, you are one hundred percent right. So, um, like within four, within three or four months of nine eleven on September eleventh, two thousand one, uh, a buddy of mine got into the next FDNY class after nine eleven. He's one of my best friends. Um, still in the job today, and uh, he's, he's like one of my best friends, and uh, I don't get to see him as often as I wish I did, um, but we connect quite regularly on the phone, whatever. But long story short, before he became a fireman in the city, and that was always a lifelong dream for him, he went to culinary school, and he cooked at some of the best restaurants in New York City. And right after 
New York City was a ghost town, right? So, like, nobody was going into the city. Nobody was dining at restaurants. Nobody was going to shows. And the city was literally, like, imploding because just nobody was there. Everybody was afraid to go back to the city uh, and so on. And so uh, they, the New York City restaurant scene came out with these buttons that said, fight back, New York. Fight back, New York. Eat out. <laughs> right? Eat out. And I've had that on my helmet since 2001 on probably five different helmet bands now. And that thing is all salted up, and it's one of my most prized possessions that I have, and I hope that I'll have that to the day I die because it was given to me by one of my best friends who is one of the best firefighters I know, and he's one of the best dudes, all-around dudes. And it was a time in my life where we were so impacted by 9-11 here in New York and New Jersey that it just was very memorable. So for you to just bring that up and the nostalgia of putting buttons on your helmet bands or on your on your front piece is just killer, man. And I love yeah. my I Love Jobs. So I got my 9-11 button, Fight Back New York, Eat Out, and now I got a, I Love Jobs on my helmet band too. So uh, yeah, I thank you, man. And I thank no problem, you man. for taking a few minutes today and just talking with me and keep loving the job because – for you guys, for your training company, and for you making an impact and being here today and talking about the job and showing people about the job, it just makes the job better. So I can't thank you enough, RJ. Don't go anywhere. I'm going to sign off, and uh, and then we'll chat right after. So hang on one sec, okay? So thank right. you, everybody, for tuning in. Uh, another segment of National Fire Radio on the audio podcast platform. Uh, if you liked it, do you want to share it, subscribe, share it, hit the like buttons, you name it, do it all because we need the support. And uh, guys like RJ, we're going to be bringing a lot more people on on these short segments for the, uh, for the podcast going forward. So take care, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you at the next one. Bye-bye.